Welcome to Alex Anderson's Quilt Connection, dedicated to educate, inspire, and grow today's quilting community. Hi, I'm Alex Anderson, and welcome to the Quilt Connection with episode number 57. I recently had the opportunity to sit down with Jan Krentz and talk about what she's up to these days, and interestingly, the conversation turned to what's it like being a professional quilt teacher who's on the road today. So it was a very interesting conversation. At the end of it, we realized there was a whole nother subject matter that we needed to cover. So basically, you're going to get part A from Jan Krenz today and part B soon to follow. One of the very best parts about uh, being a national teacher is that you have other friends who are national teachers. And that said, I'm sitting in the most wonderful, brand new, fresh studio of Jan Krantz's. Thank you, Jan. Oh, thank you so much for coming. You've opened up your home to me today and you've opened up the back end of your house. It is gorgeous here. Thank you. We originally had a little patio that was on the back of the house. And a previous homeowner had just filled in, put some walls up, but it was a, sort of a marginal room, mm -hmm. you know, flat roof facing west, no no ventilation. So we've done it. We uh, tore the whole thing down and put up a new studio. Well, there's nothing marginal about this room. And what's so great is when you walk in the front door, you can see it. It just says, come back here. Come back here and hang out. <laughs> now, your quilts are absolutely wonderful. How would you describe your quilting technique? I primarily teach um, pieced work. And I really adore old patterns, but they look very updated depending on the fabrics that you select. So I, I really am a quilting technician. I like to help quilters learn how to do things to make their work easier and more um, successful. Yes, but as far as being a technician, I mean, you're an artist too. You really are. Your stuff is beautiful. I hear people say that. <laughs> but, <laughs> say thank but, you. Thank you. It just seems sort of like, oh, well, there it is. Now, when did you start uh, sewing? I started sewing when I was a little girl. My mother tells me I was four. And so I'm 52 now. That means 48 years. We match. We, we exactly we match. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We found pictures of me sewing at my grandma's knee, probably about yep. age four. Yep. Hey, we're I, twins. I love it. I love, I love it, it too. Now, as far as your quilts go, um, they are exquisite, but I have seen you teach and you are very professional very prepared, you know, all that good stuff. In fact, you got nominated and elected Teacher of the Year, right? Yes, that's a real honor. And uh, students are the ones who nominate their teachers. Mm -hmm. And I had this little hope inside of me. I thought, oh, I wonder how many years you need to be nominated before you're selected. And uh, it was a miracle I was selected and the first time I was nominated. I don't think it's a miracle at all. It's amazing. I mean, you come in now with all your techie stuff, and I'm so impressed, but I want you to know I can do PowerPoint. All right. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So, okay, you are a national teacher. You do travel. You said you just got back from Alaska. Yeah. Taken off for a Silmar in a couple days. days. Yeah. I don't even want to ask how many gigs do you do a year, because you probably have you break out well, last sweat. year was a really heavy year it never occurred to me to add them up 
I don't know why. I just never thought of doing it. Last year, I had 43 engagements. Yay! Yeah. For each engagement, you have a day of travel on each end. So that would be 86 days of travel alone. That's not counting the teaching time. Does your family know you? Um, my husband's really grouchy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I get grouchy, too. Yeah. I know? get so homesick. It's a lovely job. I mean, I adore what I do. But when I'm away, I miss my home. I miss my family. Well, I know. Well, I can remember sitting back. I guess I could say I became a quilter about 30 years ago. And I belonged to a guild, East Bay Heritage Quilters. And I would sit and look at the speakers and go, oh, they're so lucky. This is what I want to do when I grow up. And it looks very glamorous on the outside. And we I'm not complaining. We are very fortunate people. We are. We have a good job. We love what, what we do. But you just said a key word. Job. Job. It is a job. It really is truly honest a job. Well, what if somebody wanted to be a national teacher? Well, there are several things you need to um, do. First of all, you have to be really self-motivated because essentially you're running a sole proprietorship business. Mm -hmm. You are doing all of your own bookings, your own um, travel arrangements, you're doing your own bookkeeping, you file your own taxes, including Social Security, state and federal. You have to keep incredible records. So if you're a woman who loves to, or man who loves to sew, um, you're going to find that your sewing time is really restricted. I, I was surprised by that. I thought I would get to sew uh, so much more since I was doing it as a business, but that's a, just a small fraction of the job's the hats that you wear. Right. You know, it's funny because that goes into the same category of somebody saying, I'm going to open a quilt shop so I have more time to quilt. There you go. Exactly right. Do, do you block out time to quilt? No, I take little snatches of time here and there. Mm -hmm. uh, one of my most, don't tell anybody, one of my most favorite times to sew is first thing in the morning because mm -hmm. I'm very fresh mm -hmm. and uh, alert. And I wake up and the whole family goes away, you know, everybody works and they all leave the house and it's quiet and the sun is brilliant and I sew in my pajamas. Oh, <laughs> tough job. Tough job. Tough job. Now, if somebody wanted to be a national teacher, really, you kind of have to pay your dues, right? Well, I don't know if it's pay your dues, but you have to develop your skills to the point that you are uh, very well versed in not only the the technique that you prefer teaching, but other techniques as well, because you need to be able to think and turn on a dime in class. You mm -hmm. need to be able to lead students through sections that you hadn't intended to teach, because perhaps you're teaching an intermediate level skill, and some of your students are beginner level, and you need to bring them through beginner level skills to get them to where the lesson is. Um, you also need to develop your own material. You can't continue teaching everyone else's stuff, you know, for instance, picking up a book and teaching from that when you're teaching on the road. You need to be teaching your own material, things that you've developed, and you need to have a significant number of samples and mm -hmm. quilts and examples to show the students in class. Now, with the airlines being the way they are these days, are you still taking quilts with you? How do you handle that? That's very tricky. I do take quilts with me, but uh, you run a risk every time your quilt go into the suitcase and under the belly of the plane mm -hmm. you know uh, luggage gets damaged and sometimes an entire bag will go missing and you just hope and pray it isn't yours but it 
does happen. Uh, we're finding lately because of the the airlines have to drop the luggage weight, and it has gone from 70 pounds to 50 pounds. Oh, and they hit you in the oh, belt big do. time. It's like they 50 do. bucks or something, isn't it, if you're well, over? Well, it's $25 per bag for each direction that you go. And all of that, of course, comes out of your pocket. Mm -hmm. So uh, lately, many of the national teachers, including myself, have started to take pictures, really good close-up pictures of the teaching samples. And we have some of our lessons on PowerPoint, meaning that we don't have to bring the heavy um, step-out examples. We can bring the quilts themselves, and then the lesson is bro broadcast. Although, by the time you bring all your um, technology with you. I had to laugh with Bonnie McCaffrey was going overseas recently yes. and she's practically like her own production company. Yes. And it was how, how was she going to get all this stuff on all this plane? equipment on the plane? Well, this is the other part of the, um, the equation uh, up to this point, different teachers would come to a guild and the guild would provide them with a slide projector and quilt stands mm -hmm. so we could display the quilts or we could show the slides and slides were very portable but now slide projectors are obsolete and they're they're all dying off they're sort of like the dinosaur and uh, now it's digital projectors and fortunately for the guilds the price has come down significantly and the guilds need to budget for the digital projector and just have that equipment ready the slide screen as always and the projector as always but now it's digital instead of slides well ricky made me learn powerpoint it's not bad no actually it's a lot of fun if, if once yeah. you get into the program and you start understanding what you can do with it it's actually a blast well actually we should tell the the listeners what powerpoint is Go ahead. it's a um an easy way for you to take pictures and very limited uh words text and just hook them together and you can show a very very tight precise technique for instance threading a needle you can take a snapshot of that image and project it big enough that the whole room can see it clearly and you can just count the threads in front of you it's amazing right I think of last year when I didn't even own a digital camera yeah. And, and now what I'm doing, the thing, like in one of my lectures, I have a very important message that I want to get across. Yes. So I have a picture of Johnny Depp on it. Because I know that'll <laughs> wake the ladies up. You know what I mean? Okay, pay attention. This is okay. important. Um, so when you are traveling on the road, do you have um, limitations of, for you to get on a plane, you have to have three engagements or... You know, you know what I mean? when I first started, I was teaching very close to home, and it was okay because I would just put everything in the car and drive to the guild and drive home. But then as the bookings or the engagements um, got farther away from my home, of course, I had to travel by air. And pretty soon it got to the point where I had so many requests that I was having to turn down uh, quite a few right. guilds. And it was just because of the logistics of getting from point A to B. So for me, I have had to go to a policy where if I'm on the road in the plane or a car for two days, I have to teach at least two days. And um, most guild members aren't aware that we have weeks and weeks of preparation for every single booking. So it isn't just those few hours that we are in front of the guild members. It's actually all of the 
uh, time it takes to prepare. And I believe without saying names, and I think this is actually really smart, there are some teachers now that are saying, look, I've got to do two or three day workshops. Yeah. And, and in the end, really everybody benefits from that That's because right. how much can you learn in one day? You That's know what right. I mean? It's really a, difficult. Yeah. And the flip side of that coin is when we go teach at a seminar, because uh, for instance, the big quilt shows are now asking teachers like us to compress all of our lessons into three hour mm -hmm. periods of time when a six hour window isn't even quite enough. So uh, most of us are struggling. We're trying to figure out how to give all of you uh, a good quality lesson in a reduced amount of time. Now I did that for Carolyn Reese at Road to California, January 07. Yeah. And it was a three hour lecture. It was an interactive lecture. And actually, thanks to PowerPoint, you know, it was doable. Mm -hmm. So, so so I think as uh, we grow as an industry, we have to think about being flexible with how we teach. Well, look at this thing that Ricky Timms is doing with Libby and myself. That's why I'm sitting here. The reason that uh, Alex is here is because she, Libby, Layman, and Ricky Timms will be presenting their first super seminar mm -hmm. just a few miles from my home. And that's how it all got hooked up. But it's so exciting. Okay, what is the favorite, the very best part about teaching on the road, would you say? Oh, it's so hard to pick one. Um, the people has to be the people yeah. we meet and the places that we get to see. It's real difficult for us when we travel all day and we arrive late in the evening uh, for a guild uh, workshop to mm -hmm. start the very first thing the next morning. Generally, you're out of your time zone and so on. So um, we really are so thankful when a guild will allow us a few hours just to see their area. Uh, can you imagine somebody saying, oh my gosh, you went to Alaska. What did you see? Well, I saw the airport and I saw the classroom right, right. <laughs> and I saw the airport in the classroom. Well, I was just in Salt Lake uh, with Bernina and my hostess took me out to Sundance. Um, Robert Redford's place. Oh, really? Yeah. Does that sound? I went to Robert Redford's place. No, um, it was just fabulous. And I'm so glad she allowed time for that. She thought to do that. Mm -hmm. The other thing that um, we frequently are allowed to do is see the local quilt shop. And sometimes if the town has several shops, this poses a problem a big for problem. us. Because we can only see one or two and then we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or, or have people think we were picking and choosing because that's not really true. Um, so this is part of the struggle. It's a very lovely struggle. Yes, it is. I know it's but, um, <laughs> it's also a challenge that we try so hard to please. Now, let me ask you something. When you travel, I have my own opinion. Do you find regionally there are different things going on within the quilting world? Oh, yeah, of course. Every guild has its own personality. And um, some regions are really fond of specific colors. Um, for instance, I find up in the uh, Dakotas near the ca Canadian border, all the quilts there are bed-size quilts, or a majority are. And they're um, warm, rich, earthy colors and uh, lots of forest greens and plaids and just curl up by the fire kind of quilts. And when you come to the south, of course, our winters are not as harsh in the south. And the quilts can range anywhere from miniatures to bed size. Mm -hmm. um, laptops are, are 
lap quilts are very popular. So um, the regions are focused on whatever their favorite techniques are and you find pockets throughout our country that love art quilts or traditional quilts. It's very well, exciting. That's what's so great about your quilts because they're traditional, I would say, in construction, yeah. but they're very arty, I feel. They give an impression of art and something fresh and new, which I think would be really great because you could appeal to both audiences. Sure. Now, here's the thing is you've come up with some really cool techniques as far as how to construct your things. Um, tell us about rulers. Oh, gosh. Um, I like to use the regular straight rulers that, mm -hmm. that we use for everything, you know, cutting strips, etc. But it occurred to me as I started uh, doing a lot of Lone Stars and diamond quilts, the 45 degree diamonds and the 60 degree diamonds are such unique shapes that it's really helpful to have a template that is that shape that you can rotary cut against. Mm -hmm. And I have been working primarily with 45 degree angles and don't tell anybody again another secret. I might be working on some new designs. So, really? Yeah. Anybody who owns some of those rulers, don't don't get rid of them. <laughs> Hang on to them. So these are actual rulers that you have designed that people can purchase yes, to yes. make these quilts. Well, probably a lot of that is because you're out traveling and you're seeing what the people need and all that good stuff, right? Well, what happened in class is I was using tape and markers mm -hmm. to give everybody the information they needed on their straight rulers, and it took up so much class last time. I just didn't have the opportunity to mark everybody's tools so that we could begin with the lesson. Mm -hmm. So it was just a lot easier to have something to work with. And C&T went to bat for me and I made the prototypes first and then they picked up the production and they made a beautiful package with a free pattern on the inside. Mm -hmm. It's just awesome. So anyway, I, I want people to know how great they are and then how to use them. Well, are they still available? Oh, of course. Okay. Yeah. Well, of course, yeah. we'll put a link from my site to your site, but sure. your site is? www.jankrentz.com. And that's Krentz with an E. I was going to say K-R-E-N-T-Z. <laughs> -E yeah. I think one of the things about being a traveling teacher is that while you have stressed it's important to have your own thing that you're doing, which is absolutely true. In a sense, I look at us as also a conduit of information. Absolutely. Yes, we are. And we are ambassadors. We educate people, believe it or not, on the plane or wherever mm -hmm. we are. People always say, what do you do? And oh, you're a quilter. No, <laughs> actually, I, I take a deep breath and I, I kind know. of wink at them and I say, are you ready? <laughs> and they say, well, yeah, what do you do? I'm a quilter. You're a quilter. That's what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah. And I say, yes, I, t I teach quilt making. Well, who do you teach for? And I, I kind of fill them in a tiny bit. A little bit at a time. And yeah. then, they, and then, then their mouth's on the ground. Yeah. And they say, well, how do people find you? Well, I have a website. Well, where do you teach? Worldwide. Really? And then it yeah. goes farther and farther. Usually we have questions such as, oh, my grandmother, my aunt, my sister, my neighbor, my mother, they were all quilters. Uh, how can I fix a quilt? How can mm -hmm. I uh, find someone to help me finish a quilt? And that's when I saw, say, oh, you would love doing this yourself. And it's sort of like passing the baton from one generation to the next. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. You know, um, we're talking about what you do for a living and what I do for a living and a lot of, um, well, the people that are on the national circuit. But one thing we have not spoken about, and I think it would be a whole nother episode, would be, okay, 
okay, so who hires us and what are their responsibilities? Would you be willing to hang around for a part two on that? Oh, that's a good topic. I like that. Okay, that would cool. Be very good. Then we'll do that next. So um, until we meet, which is going to be in two minutes, <laughs> but for everybody else, you're going to have to wait a little bit. Jan and I will discuss. So what are the responsibilities of gills? Perfect. Okay. Perfect. Thank, Thank you. For more quilting information and inspiration, please visit us at alexandersonquilts.com.